Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffon alongside Aldo Gandia and Tyler Ellis. The Bears fall 33-22 to to the San Francisco 49ers in what can only be described as a completely demoralizing game. There was hope in the beginning. The first half showed some promise and the wheels just fell off. Much like everything else that has to do with the Chicago Bears, things just they could not finish. Things fell apart in the end. The defense, very poor performance. The offense sputtered down the stretch. Guys, immediate reactions. Aldo, we'll start with you. Well, um, it's pretty much what uh, we all should have expected, right? Uh, this team is just missing so many pieces. And with the upheaval that happened this week at Hallis Hall, with the head coach not being there, with the awkwardness of the entire situation with key players not playing. Uh, it was difficult for this team to put together a cogent game plan. And I think if anyone suffered the most this week, it was probably Sean Desai because the 49ers just committed explosive play after explosive play. I wrote it. I went down and looked at the entire play count, five run plays of 10 yards or more. And that included a 39 yarder, a 27 yarder and another 27 yarder, a total of 116 running yards based on explosive plays and then 10 explosive plays that's 15 yards of more accounting for 290 yards and that included 27 yards 23 yards 83 yards 19 yards 50 yards 23 yards and i can go on and on and on so the defense you know and you just can't blame this uh, on missing khalil mack this was just a a a, a overall collapse of the entire defense, starting with Sean Desai and starting with the players on the football field. Gaines, you were uh, you were showing some real positive attitudes at halftime, talking about how we were getting a good flow in with the offense, things were looking up. What did you see in the second half that went so terribly wrong? Was it adjustments that San Francisco made or was the lack of finishing from the Bears? I was positive, John. Then the second half started. Then it all went to crap. <laughs> I mean, bro, I was just like, oh, we really got to do a show. Yes, we got to do a show. <laughs> I was like, how are we going to do this? I was being real. But we <laughs> love you guys. We're always going to be here with you. Win, 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 lose, or draw. And we appreciate you spending your time with us. But um, we thought they were going to go vertical. But literally, they, they killed us with the short game and broke tackles. 
I mean, that's what broke it out. Um, we actually scored on the, we scored a field goal. We looked decent on the field goal. Um, short passes couldn't couldn't wrap up. We couldn't wrap up, and then they exploded down the field. That was a screen pass. Honestly, I felt I didn't I didn't miss respectfully all due respect. I didn't miss JD Eddie Jackson so much because I felt like we were tackling better somewhat. I felt like guys weren't really scared to, to hit. I saw we saw Jalen Johnson come up and lay in the wood. But guys, we talked about system things all the time. I know Cal Shanahan because he was here in DC. He schemes guys open. And I this is what I'm talking about when you have a system in place that anybody can step into because guys know where they're supposed to be at. We Sean Desai got um destroyed because of the personnel groupings that the 49ers come out in. And then when they audible, you have a linebacker checking a running back in a slot. That's not gonna get it done. And so what I saw was like we just got picked apart and it was it was demoralizing. It's like I I do want to talk about Justin Fields because I'm like, damn, my quarterback shows some signs of life. He looked happy. But it's like collectively we want to win. We're here to win football games. We're not here for moral victories. But it's like – but, guys, I felt – I respectfully – I just felt like if Nagy was here, it would have been worse. We were – it was there for the taking. But we we just – that – I don't know what happened. We, We literally just like lost grip of everything and um when it's like when Khalil Herbert got hurt it's like we we, we stopped trying it, it, it was it, it was really weird to see we can go through the steps we can go through the numbers but from my observation I'm like yo why are we not getting off our blocks why are we not winning our one-on-ones guys are go, go, guys are trying to sack Jimmy Garoppolo but once they're blocked out they're not swimming off the block to come back and he has full time Jimmy wasn't scared Jimmy was smiling and laughing it but, but back there they were comfortable. They didn't. It didn't look like it was a home game in the second half, and I'm like, man, why are we? We took our we took our foot off the tiger. Yeah, and when I look at the Chicago Bears, especially this season, you, they just don't do the small things that you need to do to win football games. And some of those things are they don't seem like big things at the time, but coming out at halftime, driving down the field, and not being able to connect with Cole Komet in the end zone for a touchdown, and having to settle for a field goal. You score a touchdown, maybe it changes the momentum a little bit. Uh, Giving up the big play to Debo Samuel midway through the third. Yeah, it was great to see DHC run him down and and stop him short of the goal line. But they still, then you got Jimmy Garoppolo running the ball in, giving up huge plays that can just take the soul out of a team. Having having a a running play where it's stuffed up and then the pile moves five, six yards in this big collective glob across the goal line where you're just being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and then you score. And it, it sounded like at one point, like there was there were more San Francisco fans than there were Bears fans there today. I heard defense chants whenever the Bears were on offense. I heard you whenever Hughes was catching balls. I, I heard people cheering when San Francisco scored. What the hell was going on at Soldier Field today? Was there was there really an out number of San Francisco 49ers fans that made the trip from the West Coast to the Midwest? Uh, so th- there was it was just a weird. Weird game. And of course, Cairo Santos misses an extra point after Justin Fields probably pulls off the game of the year for the Bears. Uh, But overall, the defense did not look prepared. The the team as a whole just and this isn't this is not just for this game. This is something we've seen all year. They just don't put everything together that's necessary to win a football game. They can get away with this crap and beat the Lions. And they can they can get away with this crap and beat some of the the the, the poor teams in the league. 
But even San Francisco is a good enough team where you got to actually put together a full game to win. And they just can't do it. They just cannot do it. It doesn't matter if Matt Nagy's the coach, and I'm sure we're going to get into that. It doesn't matter if Chris Tabor's the coach. It doesn't matter who's there. This team, as it's constructed, cannot compete with even the top half of the league because this is what you see. So if we're going to just keep going along with, this is the team that can make the playoffs, or this is the team we're going to roll with, or we're going to go all in on this team. Like like I said earlier this week, we got to stop putting Band-Aids on broken bones and thinking it's going to be fine because this team has a lot more problems than just one or two pieces away and we'll be just fine. That crap does not work for me anymore. It doesn't work for the fan base anymore. Not not at all, brother. And what you're talking about is adjustments, even our even our defensive and offensive adjustments. That somebody talked about that in the chat in the first half at the halftime report. What were the adjustments? The adjustments were to take the to not be as aggressive as we were in the first half. That just that didn't make sense. You brought up Uchek. He they the I tell you what, the funny thing is the 49ers started off rocky. The funny thing, everybody that ended the game well, 49ers, were struggling in the first half. That's a team, John, who, who they, they took adversity and they met it head on. When the Bears went three and out, I said, okay, we went three and out. What's gonna happen? Can we come back? Can we it, you got to plan until you get punched in the face. And when you got punched in the face, what was going to happen? But Utrecht was blocking. When Drew McGlarfield scored, Utrecht went straight at Roquan Smith. Washed him out the play completely. Utrecht went straight. Like, these guys know their assignments, and they are selling out on their jobs. Our players seem like they're not either coached up or they're going – or they're like a deer in headlights when it's game time. When it's, when it's game time, it's like, oh, I don't want to – I don't want to press my guy. It, it, it just seems like it, this can't be what they're seeing in practice because all we hear about is how great practice is. They're not 400, 467 total yards of offense for the 49ers. And this is despite the fact that the Bears held the ball for almost 15 more minutes. So what does that tell you? It was the explosive plays, those explosive plays I talked about at the top of the show. That's what that was the difference in this game. And so people in the chat room are blaming Sean Desai. Sean Desai did not have a, a good play calling game. Like, for instance, that 80-yard pass uh, right before halftime, he called a single high one cut, high one single coverage when he should have because he was defending where the field goal would be. You know, he was trying to the defense to stop them getting a field goal attempt. What he didn't think of is, hey, let's instead stop the touchdown. Let's stop the long pass and have play, you know, two deep safeties or three deep safeties, that kind of a defense. So he, yeah, he made mistakes. But the biggest problem is that there is a lack of depth on this team. There aren't the playmakers on offense or defense. When you have the only interception of the game that the Bears threw was Justin Fields. And that's, he threw it to a player and it hits off his hands and it's intercepted. And the fact that a, uh, a, uh, Justin Fields has to continually go to Darnell Mooney, making it kind of predictable who he's going to the ball is because he didn't have the amount of practice with A-Rob and also these other backup wide receivers, the third and fourth and fifth guys on the depth chart are just not that good. And so poor Justin Fields is forced to try to do what he can do to make plays. This is a a systemic breakdown from the general manager all the way down to, to the players. you got to start by pointing the, fi- the finger at Ryan Pace. He did this. 
He did this. He hired Matt Nagy. He he made mistakes in drafting. He made mistakes in free agent pickups. This is his fault. Yeah, and I think what you saw today was a really good microchasm of what this team has done for the last four years, which what Tyler was kind of talking about, not making any adjustments whatsoever, saying, this is our plan. Oh, it it worked pretty well in the first – it worked pretty well in the first half. Let's not change a damn thing. And and if the other team happens to adjust to us, well, we might be in trouble. But let's just go ahead and just keep doing whatever we were doing. Guys, in the first first half – it was the first time scoring on every possession in eight years. They scored in four, all four possessions they scored on. That was the first time that happened since the year 2013. But they thought, well, everything's fine. We don't have to change anything. You know, San Francisco will probably keep doing the same exact thing. So why don't we keep doing the same exact thing? John, so what yeah. you're seeing is John, a team that's cool. completely – they can't adjust. John, I want you to I want you to continue your thought, bro. But what you just said, I was gonna bring it up too. That right there has to be Nagy's been the coach for too long. Nagy's been the coach for how many years? And this was the first time that we scored three possessions. That was no brother. That was a great point what you just said. But that right there, because I, John, I feel like us losing a game gets Nagy off the hook. That's why I'm really mad. I wanted us mm-hmm. to win because I wanted us to show that yo, you know what? This is better without you, bros. This is better without you. This is still the this is still the culture he created. This is still the coaching staff he put together. Right. So yeah, in the first half, without him there, the the offense looked better. But you know what? It doesn't matter if he was there in person or not. And I'm not going to just make this into a Matt Nagy bashing thing because he wasn't here. But this is still his coaching staff. This is still his team. This is still his system. And I bet you. If he if they would have won this game, he'd be doing an interview on Monday or wherever from his house or his car, wherever the hell he's going to do his interview, and say, "Yeah, we had a lot of collaboration. I really put together a good game plan." I bet he's not going to say that now. But but when you look at this team, they they are just incapable of changing what they do, and they even did it on defense today. They were incapable of showing any kind of adjustment to the game flow. Oh, oh, oh we, this was working, so let's just keep bashing our head against the wall because it worked in the first half. So if it worked in the first half, we're playing against robots, so they're going to do the same thing, and we're going to do the same thing. It's just, it's just, it is an encapsulation of this entire franchise that they're incapable of overcoming any kind of adversity or any kind of change in the game plan. Matt Nagy is a really good coach if everything is going perfect 100% of the time. And I know that I say that kind of tongue in cheek because who wouldn't be, but that's really what it comes down to. He's really good if everything is perfect and everything is going your way and the defense is doing exactly what you want and the offense and the opponent is doing exactly what you want. Matt Nagy's a real good front runner. But that's not what this team is. That's not how this team was constructed. They're not a powerhouse. They're not going to over-talent anybody. And no matter what team they play, they will have a deficiency at coaching. Especially today, whenever it was, you know, a taper in there trying to get his feet wet with the head coaching job. But this this team is not built to do anything. It is it is built to it is built to be competitive with the with the teams that go eight and eight, seven or eight and nine, seven and ten, whatever it is. It's just it's just not it anymore. I yeah. can sit here and scream and yell and do the same damn things we do every week. I can say right. the same thing. Over and over every week, I can say the same thing because the same damn thing is wrong every week, except for the defense played a lot worse this week. But what's the sense? You could you could put you could put all these things on repeat, and it's just the same damn thing every week. So if you yeah. don't make a change, then you, we're gonna be doing the same show every freaking week. John, let me ask you a question, brother. 
has the Khalil Mack show his value a little bit because the rest of the front seven was healthy. I mean, Danny Trevathan is out in coverage. I don't know why. Um, that we we, we seen Garoppolo just go straight at him. Eddie Goldman and Hicks were. I mean, I saw Hicks chasing down guys 30, 40 yards after the run. And so, um, um, Robert Quinn was given a max effort, but we couldn't get a sack. I think we got maybe less than three or four pressures. I mean, zero sacks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so without Khalil, I mean, it's crazy that without Khalil Mack, zero sacks. We're talking about zero. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo took four to five seconds to throw the ball. So it's not like he was getting rid of the ball fast. He just had all day to throw the ball. So yeah. in my in my opinion, I feel like Khalil, we're definitely missed Khalil Mack from that standpoint because he Jimmy was just too comfortable because we, we, we had good coverage, but our DBs couldn't contain their coverage after three and a half seconds, and that's when things opened up in the middle field. I wanted to ask you, John, do you feel like Khalil Mack showed his value a little bit? Well, it shows that you miss him, but it also shows that if you're that dependent on one person on defense, mm-hmm. then you're in trouble. If you don't think that you can hold serve, if one guy doesn't play, what does that speak about the construction of the rest of your team? If you say, well, our $100 million guy is not in there today, well, we're going we're gonna to get our asses kicked up and down the field today on defense. What kind of a mentality is that? What kind of a game plan is that? Especially for a guy that plays so aggressively like Khalil Mack, who tends to miss some games sometimes. So if you if if the deep if the if we're gonna take the mentality that well if Mac doesn't play we're screwed that can't be it that's not how this game is played there's eleven other guys on the field so they're 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 that can't be it yeah he's incredibly important to the defense right but but you can't tell me that the rest of those guys can't at least hold the San Francisco 49ers who are without George Kittle and have some and have offensive line issues from time to time. And they got Jimmy Garoppolo, who is struggling, and they're going to put up thirty-three points. That's that's a bad that's that's a bad bad game. It's a bad defensive effort. And you know what? It wasn't entire. And we could talk about the offense and how there were spurts there. They didn't get some things done as well. Twenty-two points. You'd like to think that that'd be enough, but sometimes it's not. And and sometimes you got to score twenty-seven points. Instead of 22, sometimes you got to put the ball in the end zone rather than kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said before, when he opened the show, they just don't do enough of those things to win games against average to good teams. And that's how it's going to be for the rest of this tenure of this GM, this head coach, and the way that this team is constructed. One, one of the things that was so disheartening about today is, you know, the, the, the middle of the Bears' offensive line is supposed to be their strength. With the, at, the, at the very least, Cody Whitehair at the left guard and James Daniels at the right guard. But those two guys had awful games, an awful game. They were beat over and over again. They, they, they uh, committed p- multiple penalties. It was just horrendous how they played. They may have played better than the two offensive tackles, which we've been worried about all season. Larry Barome came in there. He didn't have a great game himself. But my goodness, you've got to get better play out of the guys that you – two guards, two offensive guards that you drafted in the second round, and they're out there getting beat. And it, it just is – that's to me, is the most disheartening thing – when your star players are delivering nothing, A-Rob delivering nothing, over and over and over again, you point to this team, and these are the guys that Ryan Pace has paid all this money to, Cole Komet in his inconsistent play. He should have, arguably, should have had that uh, catch for a touchdown. It would have been a one-handed catch, but I think a lot of people might agree with me that he should have made that catch. 
over and over again, the key guys that Ryan Pace has assembled for this team to deliver big plays, explosive plays, like Brummy Bear says, I don't know what an explosive play is, although I've never seen the Bears have one. That's what they're doing. They're not delivering the key players. It's so sad, man. Well, John. Aldo, to your point, real quick, whenever uh, – uh, it was. I think there was two passes. I think the one that he overthrew, uh, Justin Fields overthrew Darnell Mooney on. When he uncorked the ball, I'm like, holy crap, what's this? Because the ball actually stayed in the air for more than a second. I didn't. I, it was literally <laughs> something I was, was not beautiful. used to seeing. It was not something I was used to seeing. A deep pass, and I, I and I know it was it was overthrown, and then the 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 uh, the, the long interception they got tipped and then picked off. But I, I you see those, and you're like, whoa, whoa, that's that's part of the game, isn't it? And something that you forget whenever you're watching Bears football. They're like, oh, crap, you can throw the ball 20, 30 yards, even 40 yards down the field. That's that, Those are legal plays. You can do that. Right. But that, but we just don't see it. Got, and they don't convert on it. But they're, but they're not in they're not in a play call. And that's what that's what's weird. Even when they do the, um, the replay and you have the behind the quarterback camera, you can see where the guys are running. I'm like, what? Yeah, of course nobody's open. That's why he's getting sacked. I said when Justin Fields took the sack, it was a it was it was a play in Madden that you never picked. It was two wide receivers running in the same direction, and like, oh, it's boring. Oh, I didn't think that was a real play. Like, don't pick don't, don't pick that play. But John, but I was gonna I was I was gonna ask you real quick, John and Aldo. Herbert did a great job of sucking in the 49ers. When Herbert came back, he had everybody's attention. So I felt like the Bears just stayed with Herbert. When that was the perfect time to transition away from Herbert, because when when he started, when Herbert got the ball in the second half, three guys on him instantly. Mm-hmm. They said, "We're not going to let this rookie beat us." Mm-hmm. But that, I thought that was the perfect time to stay with an empty backfield set or play action. Let just like I just thought that was more opportunities to take advantage of the running lanes that were open because Herbert took the eyes of all the linebackers. They were gang tackling him, so that means Allen Robinson's one on one. Well. Why not get it to your franchise quarterback, franchise wide receiver? Yeah. yeah. Just just a quick breakdown here. Darnell Mooney led the team with six catches for 64 yards. Uh, and then uh, Jesse James, three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. Marquise Goodwin, two for 32. Cole Komet, three for 24. Allen Robinson, three for 21. Justin Fields on the day, 175 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Did run for 103 yards so that's obviously something you want to see more out of of Justin Fields that's great but once again not hitting 200 yards and passing and we can talk about the playmaking and the positives but when it comes down to it we consistently see a passing game that passes for under 200 yards and so is that Justin Fields is that play calling is that scheme is that protection is it all of those yeah it seems like the Bears' problems always seem to feed into each other. They're the perfect storm of mediocrity and deficiency. So it's all of these things feeding into each other, where it's just it just does not seem right. Even when it's even when it's better, even when we saw some flow in the first half, it still didn't seem like it was a real efficient professional offense. And so it definitely didn't by the end of the game. So what are we doing? Are we are we literally just trying to? raise the level a little bit to, because you don't see this with other offenses where it's just like, okay, we're expecting more than 200 yards. We're expecting more than 300 yards. We're expecting two to three touchdowns out of our quarterback a, a week. We're expecting good protection. 
as Bears fans, we're trying to rationalize 175 yards as a pretty good passing performance. And I'm not talking about Justin Fields personally. I'm talking about the passing offense. I'm talking about just the offense in general. They just can't get anything put together. They can't get on the same page. And we're going to talk about how they scored 22 points and how that's great. We're we're talking up the fact, well, not I'm, or at least the point output. We're t- we're we're excited that they got 22 points, but that's the norm for most teams. Mm-hmm. That's average for most teams. Mm-hmm. We're excited if we can get to maybe the average sometimes, but we're never going to be the top echelon. And but you know, it's, it's just, let's just break it down. We only scored two touchdowns. That like that two touchdowns. That's it. Like, come on, that's not that's 14 points. We got we got let up with some field goals. We scored two points, two touchdowns, some um, amazing plays. Two two amazing plays out of how many? 58, 62 mm-hmm. plays. Mm-hmm. And so, like that's 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 ridiculous. It's a ridiculous standard. If you're happy about that, that's why the freaking bears suck. That's that's exactly why. Because as a fanship, we 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 can't celebrate mediocrity, John. We I don't want to play to these 500 levels that you talk about anymore. No, why can't you score a touchdown on every freaking quarter? I mean, you normally get what? Three chances? Three, depending on how much you're running the ball, you normally have about three offensive drives per quarter. Why can't that be a sustainable drive to get points? If you got points every drive, then you're really cooking. Then, then you're really cooking. But from some point to get a touchdown, it just makes sense. Now, Justin Fields, we got a rookie. I'm noticing his passes are his passes over 25 yards are high. They, they're high for everybody. They're high for Allen Robinson. They're high for, 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 um, for, for Godwin. Um, and so that's that's what I'm noticing with Justin Fields downfield. I haven't seen that Hail Mary yet. I was hoping that somebody would be underneath that ball. That was a beautiful spiral, John. I was like, oh my god, he's going downfield. <laughs> but it was like, but it, but it was a course. It was ten yards, ten yards ahead of the receiver. And so what? But John, imagination, lack of system. It's a crapshoot, bro. It literally is a crapshoot. I'm, I'm I'm glad Herbert has spurts. And somebody in a in a chat said that Herbert second half was trash. That's not Herbert's fault. The whole damn defense was looking at him because nobody's a threat. Nobody's a threat. So, of course, the whole defense is going to look at him. That's on the coaching staff for not going away from him. And so I'm not going to put – I'm not going to down any one player because the players are running where they're told to run. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be very exciting when we're looking for a new coaching staff this offseason. Yeah, well, and guys, we're we're what? How many what? How many weeks are we into the season now? The Bears are what three and five, or what? What's their record now? I, oh I'm, yeah, let me update my graphic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, got, you got you got your spaceship graphic on here that we can that we can bring up because it'll take me a minute to update it. We're not we're not quite halfway. We're yeah we're not quite halfway through the season yet, but I think we're in one of the worst spots imaginable when it comes to a fan base because some teams where it's so obvious that this team is rebuilding, and then you're trying to look for the young guys and you're trying to look at what's positive to look like for next year other teams are gearing up for their playoff run seeing what kind of deep run they can make the bears we're just losing interest we're just losing interest about this team because who cares until this coaching until the head coach is gone until the gm is gone until there's some new life breathed into the organization who cares this team is in purgatory this team is just it's barely, it's barely even like noticeable. You're like, oh yeah, the Bears, they still play football uh, down uh, Shoulder Field, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they're just, you're, you, they're forgettable. They're an incredibly forgettable team. 
until you until you look at it you're like, oh yeah, Bears lost again. Who are unless your team plays the Bears, you forget you forget that they're still a franchise. Not because they're so bad, but because they're just so damn forgettable. Mm-hmm. Looks like we got Tabor at the at the stand here. Yeah, let me see if I can get audio up. The halfway point of the season. It's not the end of the season. It's the halfway point. There's still a lot of football, and uh, we'll we'll stay the course and go and get better. Questions. I did. I knew if it was it was if it was the right down and distance, we were going to go for it. Yes. Good football player. I think I think number one improved today. I thought he saw he made plays with his legs. He led our team. I thought he threw the ball well. He gave us a chance, and obviously he's a special player. I mean, he made nothing into something. And, uh, and got us going there. So uh, real pleased with him. And, and that's that's the story of a rookie quarterback. You, you saw a guy get better, so I'm excited about that. It's operational. What was different today? My assistant uh, took a major role in the special teams area, and I was still involved, and we're still on the same channel. Uh, and then just always trying to be four or five plays ahead during the game. And then I, I knew that once you got into the game and the flow of the game, uh, it would lead you to answers maybe that, that you want to do. Do you want to go for it here? Or just go ahead and take your points here and those type of things. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, I didn't find it hard. Chris, just in general, how, how uncomfortable or comfortable were you in the acting head coach? I was extremely comfortable. And, and you know, I, it's, at the end of the day, we're football. Hope coaches. to do it again next week. And, you know, <laughs> leading men to, to do something and get something accomplished. And, you know, I, in, in the special teams world, I, I have a team meeting each and every day. So leading players, that's that's kind of that's that's what a special teams coordinator is supposed to do. This just happened that you picked up the offense and the defense with it. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the part of it. You coach this game as if Matt were the head coach and Matt's you know, vision, or what, did you put your own spin on things as a head coach? No, co- coach and I talked a lot, uh, obviously, throughout the week. But he said, you know, put your spin on it, and you'll know what to do. You'll have the feel of the game. Because I, I will say this. I mean, there's analytics, and you do listen to analytics and those type of things. But at the end of the day, there's a gut feeling. I mean, you are. You're, you're going down a river, and you have to figure out, hey, are we going to go right or are we going to go left? And there's a lot of things that go into that that you can't. Uh, come up with the answer on Wednesday or Thursday. So, uh, you know, I thought we played the flow of the game. And, and uh, you know, like I say, at the end of the day, it was a tale of two halves. When you talked to him this morning, last night, what was his message to you? And how was he his We relayed Coach's message all throughout the week. I mean, Coach was in all the meetings. I mean, Coach, the only, obviously the difference thing was he just wasn't there in, in, in person, but he, he, was in, he was in the meetings. And I visited with Coach last night. I visited with him this morning. And uh, I'm just, I'm disappointed that we didn't get the win for him, and uh, that hurts. Did, did you feel like the defense sort of wore down there uh, in the end? They were barely on the field the first half, but no, we didn't get enough, we didn't get the stops that we needed to, and uh, there's 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 no doubt about that. I think what they score seven straight times or something like that. So uh, you can't you can't argue that fact. Uh, but uh, there's there's in that room. I'm still going to jump in a foxhole with all those guys, and, and we're going to work to get better. And I know that's I know that's big coach speak, uh, but that, that's we're we're a team, we're a family, and uh, we're hurting right now. But we got to bounce back. On the screenplay right there, yeah, no, that hurt. 
that, that did. That was a great play by them. You get them in third and 20, and you know, you always think that you're going to get off the field and set yourself up possibly for a short field situation. It didn't happen. But, uh, you know, we got, we got back and, and, and tied, and then unfortunately missed the extra point there. Uh, but uh, we just got to keep moving. Coach, in the third quarter with about six minutes left, right before Jimmy ran for two yard touchdown or whatever it was, it seemed like you guys played with 10 men on the field defensively. Did you see that and what was the communication breakup? We did. We did have 10 there on. And at, the, at that time, I knew it was going to be a tight ball game. And in the second half, those timeouts were gold bricks to me. And sometimes you got to weigh where, where they're at on the field and, and uh, roll the dice. And I elected to roll the dice. Did you consider going for two after this touchdown? I did not. We were going to go ahead and tie it up right there. Coach, could you describe uh, uh, what's the situation with the offensive line? Where are they at right now? And what's the future for the offensive line? I thought they played, I, you know, I thought they did a nice job. We, we ran the ball there. I know that when we lost, uh, you know, Herbs and we lost lost Damian, those, those were two tough losses in the backfield uh, right there. But the thing that I was proud about those guys, and I think it really showed more so in the first half, is we would have a positive play. And if we had a negative play, we regrouped and we went on to the next one and just kept kind of chopping wood. And I was real pleased with that. And that was, that's, I think that's why we played well in the first half. In the second half, we just didn't, you know, we didn't overcome the things that uh, we needed to. It was wide right, correct? Because I can't tell from, from my vantage point. Wind right there. And when you got the ball up in the air, I didn't know if it was going to actually sound crazy too high where it gets up a little bit more in the jet stream there. And, uh, you know, it's, that's disappointing. Do I think he's still going to make kicks? He is. Right, what is he now? Uh, 50, uh, 51? Is that what he is on extra points? I'm, I'm, I'm still, I think I'll stick with him. The heels of the big play that Justin I didn't think so. At the end of the day, what we said in the huddle, guys, we're going to have to have a field goal to win it. So whether the game was tied or you're down one, we're still going to need another kick. And that's 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 football right there. So, um, you know, he needs to make that. But at the same time, we were going to have to make another play in order to win the football game. Looking back, is, is there anything you, that stands out to you that you wish you would have done differently in this game? No, I just, at the end of the day, you know, you always want to score more touchdowns than you do field goals. And I think that's what, you know, what, what it comes down to. Coach, you know, the forum uh, started after getting only three practices. I realize you're the special teams guy that works in the forum. Discuss what it's what in that decision. Well, he had a great week of practice. You know, he, he got out there and practiced on Wednesday, and we wanted to see where he was at, and he just kept kind of getting better each and every day. So, uh, you know, we felt comfortable with him playing, and, you know, and I'm sure he's had some good plays out there, and I'm sure there's going to be some plays that he wants back, but we'll just have to look at the tape on that and evaluate that and then go from there. Oh, all right. All he, right. He had it. He had his. He had, no, he, he was doing great until yeah. he said he did get a practice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, John. John. Hey, I, I, I just tweeted the bear. Hey, I like that. Hey, yo, no excuses. I heard no excuses. I heard accountability. He didn't try to make us believe we saw something we didn't. And he didn't. Well, yeah. And, 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 and that's why I don't don't talk to me like I'm stupid. We, we, we freaking sucked down it and we lost control. He said what they tried to do. Thank you. Don't tell me about more questions. Don't get, I already got questions. Don't give me more questions by saying we got to go figure out what happened. When you were on the damn sideline, you got front row seats. The, the guys behind you know what happened. 
<laughs> I will say that it's it's refreshing to not have to say, I don't know what happened. I'll have to go back and look at it. As if, like, where the hell have you been for the last three hours? What do you mean you don't know the why? I can tell you why right now. You got your ass kicked. But uh, I think that, um, yeah, the lack of cliches was a little refreshing. Uh, being a little more direct was refreshing. But um, it, what do you want him to say? <laughs> he's, the, he's the special teams coach taking over one week and at least he was at least he was trying to be as honest as possible uh and not say anything that was going to get him in hot water uh with, with with his head coach the next day but uh pretty pretty but that's the, that's the thing standard press conference that's nice i'm not I'm not incredibly pissed off right now like i usually am because that we have a we have a lack of accountability and we have a lot of deflection going to say you know what i need at least a day to come up with some answers for you guys so uh you can ask me all these same things tomorrow because i just don't know how to polish up this turd right now so they're they they, they <laughs> the, so at least at least he went out and said what what went wrong he at least acknowledged things went wrong so uh that i guess i guess that's refreshing. If we're setting the bar so freaking low that I guess, yeah, fantastic. Bravo, Chris Tabor. I don't know what else to say, guys. I mean, at this point, really, we have to start talking about should the Bears start exploding this team? You know, they don't get any explosive play, so maybe what the, the explosion should happen explosive. on Monday and Tuesday, the last two days where you can trade players. I just saw this online. Would you guys make this deal? Uh, I, I guess this is FanDuel, hypothetical deadline trade. Would no. you trade Allen Robinson for a third rounder and a sixth rounder? No, no. I need a second. I need a second and a fourth. You're never going to get that. <laughs> Period. You're never, you're never so. going to get that. Uh, you're never going to get a second and a fourth for a guy that's on track to catch, what, 55 balls? But, they, but John, but that's what that's what the freaking – that's what, but that's what they did that crap on purpose, bro. They did they're that. Not, they're not sabotaging Allen Robinson to pay him twenty million dollars this year. No, but but it's just for one year. It's just for one year. They, they, if you don't if you don't spend the money, it's dead money. You got to spend it anyway. Yeah, but if they're sabotaging Allen Robinson and he knows <laughs> that, do you think he's going to be like, oh yeah, please, I want to come back here? It's you not sabotaged about, me last it's year. It's not so please. much about sabotage, but it's about yo. We're going to look somewhere else for targets, so he can't demand that much money, and so in the offseason you can negotiate more. But if Allen Robinson would have would have left and held it out, like if he would have held out like he could have, he had all the leverage. He had all yes. the freaking leverage with, in the world. With no money. Okay. But guess what? So, if you hold out all year, guess what? You you turn into Le'Veon Bell, you punt on $20 million, and then you don't get the contract you thought you were going to get, and you just screwed yourself out of $20 million, and you get the same damn contract you were going to get anyway. You exactly. just lost so, a year. So, 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 so there so was no leverage there. There's no, no so leverage you, no, there. John, so you shut your mouth and you take what they give you. But the no, facts you, yeah. are Allen Robinson's, Allen Robinson's last year, the last three-year stats are more than way, – way, a lot more harder than this. Period. Yeah. So you can't tell me that there's not a team out there that says, I know the Bears offense is terrible. I know the scheming is terrible. I know that the coach is terrible. So we're going to give him what he's worth anyway. That's so a it's, I know. It's it's a, a, but, but that's what I'm saying. You, that, 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 someone that, that, like that. Miami or someone like Washington or someone like that is yeah. still going to give A-Rob $16, 17000000 million a year. And it's not going to be from the Chicago Bears because there's too many aspects to take into account from this. One, Who's going to be the GM and the head coach next year? And if the if the Bears were so dead set on you know rearranging the targets, then and they're not if the GM and the head coach aren't even there, what the hell good does that do? If the new GM comes in and says 
We don't want to spend seventeen million dollars on Allen Robinson. We need to build from the it's ground dumb. up. Or dumb, what? Actually, why it's would a Rob? It's so it's so it's, it, that's, that's that's dumb. We went so many damn years without a wrong number one receiver. Just after Darnell Mooney, how does it feel to be the number one wide receiver? We got one. Why are we going to create a need when we got somebody who can do it? It doesn't some, make sense. It's no, dumb. If, if he was in the long term plans, then if he if he wants twenty million dollars, then what in the new a receiver that can catch should be in your damn plan. Really? Worth if you're is he worth twenty million dollars right now for his production? That the, the production is the production. Is he worth the, the franchise tag right now? Is he worth what he's getting paid? But but John, he got the franchise tag for a reason, bro. Because if they didn't give it to him, he would have walked. And then he would have he would have been able he would have marketed and got that money. He deserves right. it. He signed and did that stuff. He, he, he didn't complain of nothing. He didn't complain about nothing after the, he took the love after the ACL injury. After ACL to do what he's done, does he deserve it? Yes. What I'm missing my money? point. You're missing the point. I'm not saying Allen Robinson isn't worth that money or doesn't deserve that money. He does deserve that money. And you know what? He could go for another team and ball out and be worth every cent that they're paying him. Mm-hmm. But for what he's giving to the bear, or what I should say, how the bears are using him? Correct. Are you going to bring in? Are Are you going to say Justin Fields has a much better chemistry with Darnell Mooney? So let's pay Allen Robinson twenty one million dollars a year. But it doesn't make but, sense. But, but no, I know, bro. You're right. I understand that. But I, I, I would pray and hope that another GM and another coach be like, yo, we can you if the think about it bro there's only number there's a number one db i'm thinking about the defense of it if Allen robinson has the number one db on him so mooney is favorite favorite because he has the second string db on him that's gonna change buddy when you have the the star defensive player on you Allen robinson that's why i say he's a decoy because he's a he everybody knows he's a really expensive decoy that's That's all of an expensive decoy but but that's this is that the bears made he is a very expensive decoy what i'm saying john is we could have traded him during the offseason got more picks than that that's what i'm saying we could have traded him before if we were going to use him like this we could have traded him, got more for it. That's all I'm saying. No, I I get it. And also, I, I completely understand your point because you saw that in Pittsburgh. Once Antonio Brown left, all of a sudden, Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't going against the number two cornerback anymore. He was getting the number one cornerback, and his production went way down, and they, he, he did not sprout like they thought. I'm not saying Darnell Mooney anoint him as the number one receiver for the Bears. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is either you work this out with Allen Robinson, you figure out a way to get him back to the level that he was at and scheme some more balls around him, or they're not going to pay $17 million for a guy that hauls in one or two balls a game. So they, I'm not, this, I'm not, this is not a shot at Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is a top 10 talent in this league. I'm just saying, once again, the Chicago bears just keep falling over their own two feet. They can't get out of their own way to figure out, to say, we have a real talent here but we're not going to be able to use them. We're going to scheme something else. And it sucks that we're going to let this freaking coach come in here and we're going to let guys leave because they want to be used properly. When any regular NFL team is using more than – look at the damn Rams. Like they have options in the red zone. Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, these guys are options in the red zone. If we leave Allen Robinson, we don't have a first-round draft pick. We already got draft – we already got things we need to fix. We got a line we got to fix on both sides. 
And that's you why you need money, though, Tyler. You need cap space. You're right, you, It's not going to happen right, with twenty. Right, it's not going to happen right, with twenty million dollar right. wide receiver. I keep thinking we getting playoff money. I forgot we freaking Wait, suck. Not, but that, but that's the thing. That's why I'm saying if a new GM comes in and a new coach comes in and they say our our finances are so out of whack, we have all of our money poured into this old aging defense. We got to clear up some space, and maybe 2022 is just their rebuilding year then maybe they're not going to bring in Allen Robinson, who's going to be, what, 29 at that point? They're not going to sign him to a, lo- a long-term contract if he's not part of the new regime's long-term plans. Oh God, That's man. all I'm saying. I feel That's you. All I'm- I, feel you. I feel you, bro. He's hey, gonna go, to- go-, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I-, I love it when you guys debate. I mean, I love it so much. And I cannot wait for Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central when we have the bear debate. It'll be Tyler Ellis versus John Buffon giving you more of what we heard for the last five minutes. These guys will be debating so many of the hot topics of the Chicago Bears. It'll be after the trade deadline. So we will be debating if they, if they, if they traded A-Rob. You know, we will be debating, you know, the, the was it a good trade, a bad trade? If they traded Montgomery, I see a lot of people debating in the chat room. They should trade Montgomery. No, they shouldn't trade Montgomery. What about Cole Komet, his name has come up in trade talks. What if for what? What what happens if a team says, hey, we'll give you a fourth or or, or a conditional draft pick with the low ceiling being a fourth round draft pick if you give us Cole Komet? Would you do it? No, because you spent your highest draft pick two years ago on this guy. And you either, I guess, go down with the ship on this because you're paying, you're paying him nothing. He's not taking up any salary cap. So just like let him burn out and maybe he turns into something, which if he turns into what he was four or five balls, I get it. He's not going to live up to his draft capital, but maybe he produces a little bit. Uh, I know I I can't, I can't give up on that. If we lose Adam Robinson, I hope he goes to the freaking Bills and him and Mitch Kabisky kill us. I just, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm gonna be freaking pissed because he's gonna go to Tampa Bay, he's gonna go to the he's gonna go to Tampa Bay, he's gonna go to the Colts, he's gonna go to the Patriots and fry. He's gonna go to the Chiefs and fry. And they're like, oh, the, um, he'll have a market. But that's but that's what I just I didn't know marketing. That's what's gonna happen. And we he'll got a market. guy here. We 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 didn't want um Leonard Fournette because he was too old. Like stop that. We need talent. We need talent. We got talent. It was the, the the budget was mismanaged. Who's in control of that? The day is that Phillips again? Is that Phillips and Pace? That's that's Pace for the most part. All right. Maybe. So, but, because- but but the fact of the matter is, they forgive you when you win. They forgive you when you win. But in fact, that we're not winning because we're not. We don't have the the, the coaches in place. So we got to blow. It just sucks, bro. I I remember when we did it. Devin Hester should have never been our number one wide receiver. He was oh, an yeah. awesome target. He was an awesome weapon X. But he was our freaking number one receiver next to Musa Muhammad. Like you know how long it's been when Je- when when we had um Allen um Jeffrey Jeffries and Marshall that tandem. If it wasn't for the egos, that was like that. That was the best time. We had two wide receivers um, above six two who could catch anything. I don't want to go back to the desert days that we don't have a guy that can catch. Darnell Mooney can catch, yes, but with a number one receiver on him, bro, DBM is going to be different. And we don't, we, and it's, so we're going to have to draft a, we got to draft a lineman. That's our second, our second round pick should be going to a lineman. That's what I feel. Anything else is, is, is like negligence. So who's going to step up? He's like, I like, get it. Yeah, but all, so, I'm talking about if a new GM comes over and they need to reallocate some funds and they say, we got a lot of money wrapped up in Khalil Mack. We got a lot of money wrapped up in Robert Quinn. We got a lot of money wrapped up in Akeem Hicks. We got a lot of money wrapped up in Eddie Jackson. And we could have a lot of money wrapped up in Allen Robinson. 
So how are we going to address the offensive line? And so I, I'm just, I'm not saying I know the answer, and that's why I'm not the GM of the Chicago Bears. But whoever comes in has got some questions to answer there. And we can't, you're not going to be able to just keep everyone and then add a bunch of people. That's not how this works. So you're going to have to get rid of somebody who with a big contract. You're going to have to start shaving off some salary cap somewhere. Does that come from a Robert Quinn or a Khalil Mack or an Eddie Jackson, but you're still going to carry some dead cap in a trade? But right now, the most uh, probably the most sell-high candidate they have is Robert Quinn, who we didn't think was even going to possibly live up to the contract he got. And now, I don't know if his stock could be any higher than it is right, right now. That's so, uh, so if you're if you're looking at this, and I'm once again, we're assuming that the GM and the head coach are just going to be like, yeah, let's blow it up because we're not, <laughs> why would why would Ryan Pace blow it up if he thinks he's play, that they're playing for his job? If Matt Nagy thinks he's coaching for his job, why would he blow it up? Because you're gonna you're gonna trade for all the assets that you're never gonna use. So I mean, don't be surprised if absolutely nothing happens at the trade deadline because these guys are are coaching uh, for their positions. And if they just say let's just move everybody out of here and get some draft picks, good luck to the next guy. That's not how it works. They want to try to make one last stand and try to make something work with the team they put together. So as much as people are going to be clamoring for some sort of move, I tend to think there's not going to be a damn thing that happens at the trade deadline because this team they're going to try to make this team work at least one more year so they can try to get one more year. So I, I doubt you see any kind of activity on before the trade deadline. The future of the Chicago Bears is scary, man. It is scary. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tyler? If you're if you're if you're if you're if you're listening to the audio version, you're probably wondering what the hell's going on right now. But Aldo put some Halloween masks on us. This is less this is less scary than the Matt Nagy one you put on me during halftime. Yeah. So I will gladly yeah. gladly take that one. You but, want uh, me to put that one back up just so no, that no, this no, audience no. can see it? Oh come on! <laughs> I won't do that to you. Yeah, uh, but. So, I, I mean, trying to wrangle this all back in because I think the only, r r quite frankly, the only thing that Bears fans can talk about now is the future because it's the only thing that might have an iota of hope to it. Uh, because, like I said before, this team is just middle of the road, bottom half, who cares kind of thing. We're, we're getting completely turned off from this franchise mm -hmm. so much that we're not even talking. This is a post-game show and we're not really talking about the game because, honestly... Mm -hmm. Does it have an impact? Right. Do we care anymore? And so we lost this game, and then I I really need them to beat the Steelers next week because I've been talking about how they're going to beat Pittsburgh for almost, almost six months. But it, it's just it's just too much to care anymore. We, I, we were fired up in the first four, three, four, five weeks talking about how someone needs to get a kick in the ass and someone needs to jumpstart something. We're to a point where it just doesn't effing matter anymore. It was just get us through this season and let's move on to the next move on to the next stage because no one has any kind of confidence in the people running this franchise. There's no confidence in the GM. There's no confidence in the head coach. There's no confidence in the scheme. There's no there's no confidence in the culture. So there, it's just it's just another thing of let's just play out the season, guys. Let's just see what happens. We're not going anywhere. Hooray! It's football season. We get to what you know what the yeah you know what does piss me off a little bit is they keep wasting years of our fandom. Yeah. Because some of us are in our 
30th, 40th, 50th, 60th year of fandom watching the Chicago Bears. Some of us are in our 20th or 30th year. Some of us are in our fifth year. Some of us are in our first year. God help you if this is your first year following the team. But if it, it, but you just keep wasting time where we only get so many Chicago Bears seasons in our lifetime. I'm not trying to get super psychological here. I'm not trying to get over emotional here. But you only get to watch so many football seasons in your life. And they just keep wasting them because yeah. – the, the Chicago Bears, they're making money hand over fist. They're making some of the biggest profit they've ever made as far as owning a football team. But when you're a fan and you're as an emotionally invested as us three and all the people that listen and watch this program, you're just thinking, you've wasted another year of my fandom. You've wasted another year of my life. And how many, how many more of those you're going to – it's like a toxic relationship – how many more years am I going to waste on you before I wise up and leave your ass? That's, that's almost what it is, where it's just what else I might have to go through. I, I'm not sure how much you can hear of this, but uh, Keem Hicks is at the podium. I think that we have to appreciate the offense, you know, for, for stepping up and putting up points, right? Um, as a defense, that's all you can ask for. So I, I think the onus falls on us to stand up, you know, towards the end of that game. But those things are going to happen. It happened to me against Detroit, right? So, um, you know, unfortunately, we, we can't predict um, who's going to be able to play on Sunday. But we have to understand that as long as we build a proper foundation, as long as we have guys that understand the game of football and, and um, how, to, uh, how to really just go out there and, and sell out, you know, um, I think that we could play with anybody. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks now of this unit struggling a little bit, how huh? You guys sort of get that back. That's the close of the season, man. You're going to have your ups and downs. Sometimes you're going to get hit in the face. You know, you just can't stay down there too long. Hmm. Game, how mm -hmm. the two big plays, the one before the half, that's out of the field goal, and the, the uh, 83 yard down to the one. How, how, do those, how do those big plays kind of take the wind out of the sails of the defense? Oh, they can hurt. They can hurt. You know, uh, when you have a, an 80 yard play, you know, there's a lot of frustration, right? But um, ultimately, I guess it kind of goes back to what I was saying to him. You got to stand mm -hmm. up, you know, especially when they give you an opportunity, you know, on the two, three yard line, one, two yard line in order to, to make that stop happen. Right. He didn't quite get in. Right. They reviewed it or whatever. And, um, you know, I think that was the point where we had the opportunity to stand up. Mm -hmm. Give us your assessment of how you felt Justin Fields started off with I'm not a quarterback analyst but I will say this he's elite like it's um it's fun to watch right um I, I remember a play where he made like a little spin move and then he took off for another 10 yards now although it wasn't a crazy game it just says or it tells the defense that man we gotta really work on tackling this guy maybe slows them down a little bit so it gives you other options I think that he made some elite throws I saw him come across his body and hit somebody in the left corner I enjoy watching him play and, and I look forward to his growth McKee, this is a defense that's had a lot of success the last several years. And when things aren't going your way during the course of a game, what are the conversations like on the sideline between you guys as players, players and coaches? And They're aggressive. It's, 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 it's a want to, right? And I think for guys that have um, played this game for, for a, a considerable amount of time, I think that you know what's going on and you feel it. And um, I think that we have several veterans on the team, I'll speak defensively, that when they feel that moment, they recognize it and they try to get everybody to, you know, Come along, bring everybody in. We're, we're about to fight. We, we're in a match right now. So uh, I think that um, although we play some really good defense, we're, we're, we're not perfect, and we're going to have to take our lumps and get back up.
I love this guy. I, I, you know, I, when his career is over, I hope he lives in Chicago, and becomes a broadcaster. I just love this guy. I think that they got the ball off quick. I think that he could be on the post game show. There wasn't as much play. Welcome aboard. I think that some guys got open. I think ultimately, or overall, we were holding him quite well in the first half leading into the you know, mid-third quarter, and I think that it started to get out of hand around that time. So I feel like um, it wasn't an all-day fest. I think that um, we played some good defense, but ultimately we kind of gave it up in the end. Well, it's interesting that he feels that way because uh, I don't think a lot of people feel that the Bears played some good defense. <laughs> I mean, what's he supposed to say? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – I. I know. Look, I, I love Akeem Hicks. I love the energy. I always think that he that's a guy that I would run through a brick wall for. I love the energy and I love the culture that he's brought to that Bears defense. Um, does anyone here think that he's going to be part of a successful Bears team because of his age and the, the trajectory the team is on? No, you know, uh, and I, I think Tyler might agree with me. <laughs> I see Tyler's pissed off. He's so frustrated. But I would love to see Akeem traded to a team where he can hoist the Super Bowl trophy. I mean, I, he, he doesn't have a lot of years left. I, I, I see, you know, because of the amount of weight and pressure he puts on those lower extremities, the, the feet, ankle, knees, and so forth, he's got another – tops two seasons left and he's such a cool guy that i would love to see him traded to a winner and go deep into the postseason because the bears are not there the bears have to start the rebuilding process as soon as possible start building around justin fields make sure that you first and foremost build together the best offensive line in football then give him some weapons and start to win games where it's 45 to 33 and and, and then pay attention to the defense, you know. That's that's what you got to do because why? Because you invested in Justin Fields. That's why it's, it's – it's, it, it, there's no argument here. If you invest in a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, you got to do whatever possible to give them every single weapon and protection that he needs in order to thrive. And if that comes at the expense of having the – Bear defense with great pass rush and blah blah blah. Then too bad. That's what it does. And then you slowly start to build the defense with the assets that you have. But first and foremost, at this point, you know you just gotta blow it up, blow it up, and, and start building around Justin. What do you got, Gaines? Anything? I do want to hear from Justin. Hopefully, he's coming on soon. But right. um, let's see where he's at. Although I did email you that video. I could, oh, okay. that, that, that was a special play by him, and um, he had he had another. Oh, hold on, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, we got Justin at the podium. Here we go. Oops. I think you lied to us, Aldo. Yeah, it's all interesting right there. We tried to get Khalil to the flat real quick, and um, you know the end came off free, so he tried to make play on fourth one and just get the first down. Uh, they just came up. You guys split, so uh, I mean, in that situation, you technically have to throw hot right there. But there's too many guys in front of my face, and then Khalil was covered. So, uh, yeah. What was the lift you felt in the building? Getting in the end zone, obviously in a game that was kind of back and forth at that point, it felt like the energy came alive. I mean, yeah, for sure. When you uh, score a touchdown on fourth and one uh, at, at any place in the game, you know the the momentum's going to shift our way. So. Um, 
you know, it was a great job by the O-line on that play, blocking still, and then a great job by the receivers blocking downfield for DB. So. Justin, Justin, you you collapse when you've got receivers making a block and then moving yep. top. The fact that they were still engaged in doing that, mm-hmm. is that the fact that they know that you're not down until the whistle I mean, yeah, that, and it shows that, you know, they want to win. Um, I think that's everybody. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just effort at that point. I mean, because that, that wasn't planned. That wasn't a part of the play. But that just shows you uh, what, what kind of guys those are and that they're full effort and that they're not going to stop until the whistle blows. Jesse, you talked to us for the past few weeks about not being used to losing. Yeah. How have you adjusted personally to dealing with the fact that you're all on a losing streak right now? Um, just not paying attention to it. Just literally just going back to work, going back to work, going back to work. That's it. So, um, you know, sometimes you can't control things in life, and you just got to keep going, keep going, keep going. So that's what I'm going to do, just keep going. How have you dealt with the toll mentally? Um, mentally, I think I'm in a good spot right now. Um, just trying to keep the outside voices out, you know, and um, just good. try to, you know, keep the thing that we go in, the thing that we have, like, within the team and, you know, just really communicating with each other and getting on the same page. And I mean, just, just trying to keep, you know, all the outside noises out and just, just focus on us. Justin, the touchdown run, take us through what you're seeing and feeling as you kind of hit that point where you know you got some green grass ahead of you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just tried to roll out to the right. Of course, people were there, cut back. And then, of course, I outrun guys to the left for the for one yard. Of course, it's fourth and one. But um, I mean, I just saw you know, a lane started opening up, and then I just ran and ran in zone. I mean, I can't really describe it. It's literally just having off instinct, like I said before. And um, it's just a great play by uh, everybody on that. Uh, what kind of precision? Is that what it comes down to? Is it just you've got to throw in the tighter space? Uh, I think, you know, when we run the ball, we got to, you know, get positive yards down there. And um, we just got to actually do better. It's that simple. Um, we caught a few plays down there that um, – you know, they, they made us check it down. You know, we weren't expecting that coverage, and they gave us a different coverage. But, you know, when the defense does that, you just got to tr- try to find a positive play, get four or five yards, and uh, give, give the kicker better in better field goal position. How did Matt Nagy's absence uh, impact your day? Uh, you can't let that impact your day. Um, can't focus on that. I mean, he's not going to help us win. Staying at home, you got to – Ever. Who's here? And um, <laughs> focus on the now. So, I mean, of course – uh, it was tough not having coach. He texted me this morning. I texted him back, and um, you know, he texted me after the game. I, I didn't see what he said yet, but uh, it was it was pretty much the same thing. For me. <laughs> he ignored it. Um, <laughs> he texted me. I don't give a crap what he has to say. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this guy. Oh man, it does. He sounds more. I don't want to say because it because that I think that press conference could be misconstrued as he's down in the dumps or he is uh, he is distraught where i think more along the line it's like he's irritated that they're losing and he's yep. angry that they're losing and yep. i think that he has the character makeup to say i hate this and i want to do everything i can to make sure we don't keep feeling like this so i i i, I like that kind of edge to him i don't see that as oh man justin fields his demeanor is you know so bad and his body language is bad no this is a dude that wants to win above everything else and i think that they, this is a guy that you should build around and so uh, yeah, he's pissed off they lost. He's pissed off he didn't do enough to, to, to win the ball game. He's pissed off the team didn't do enough to win the ball game. So um, that's something that you want to see. You want to see that a, a quarterback that cares about that kind of stuff. So uh, 
not to not to you know dig too deeply once again psychoanalyzing everything but you you want a guy that's angry that you lost and he's obviously he takes losing pretty seriously he does not like it uh and i think that that's the kind of attitude uh once you and i and i i'm seeing this all play out in my head they're going to get a gm and they're going to get a head coach god willing that knows what they're doing and justin fields and the bears become very successful and it's going to come out years later that his rookie year helped really craft some things because he had to go through all this BS with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and this Bears uh, this Bears team. But this this is this could be that this could be the year that really forges his character to say I don't ever want to feel like I did in 2021 again. And so we'll we'll see if all of that comes to fruition. But this is, is uh, definitely some uh, some character building. I'm done, guys. I yeah, don't have there's, anything what, there's, else. There's nothing to else say. to talk about. They, they, listen, it's the same damn thing every week, guys. And mm-hmm. so we we can talk about the game at hand. We can talk about the future of this team, but the the team the same thing happens every damn week. And until they make a big change, it's going to be hard to get really amped up for this. We're gonna we got to watch them go into Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. I'm going to be at that game. Uh, and I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be excited to watch the Bears play in person. Once again, I hate having to watch them play in prime time because the techs are going to be rolling in and the <laughs> national media is going to be weighing in. So I hope that they can pull out a victory against the Steelers on prime time. But after that, guys, what are we aiming for? Eight and nine, seven and ten. What, what, what's what's like what's what's the what's the deal? Before we get out of here, Aldo, do you have your spaceship graphic up? Oh yes, I do. I. Uh... Before we updated. got here, let's, let's look at the rest of the season and see what we actually because right now we got one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, three and five. Then you go to Pittsburgh. Let's just say, let's just for fun say they win that game. So they're <laughs> yeah, so they're <laughs> four. So they're four and five. I don't like them against Baltimore. That's four and six. Maybe they can beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. That's five and six. They're gonna get killed by Arizona. They're five and seven. Five and eight against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's just they'll, say they sp- they'll split against the Vikings. I was going to say right? they're going to split with the Vikings. So that's uh, we'll just say they lose that one. Five and eight. Right. Depending on what Russell Wilson's looking like, maybe. But I still don't love him against the Seahawks. Five on, and nine on the road. Right. Go ahead. Oh yeah, five and nine. I think they beat the Giants. Yeah. Six and nine. I, somehow I got them to seven. And I think they're gonna be seven and ten. I think seven and ten is what we're looking at yes. uh, right here. With win, maybe wins against maybe wins against the Steelers, the uh, the Giants, and the Lions, and splitting with the Vikings. We're we're looking at maybe four more wins. Maybe maybe so. What that's what we're looking at, guys. There's the rest of this. There's the rest of the season. And when you can look at when you can look halfway through the season and say, "Holy crap! I don't know if we're gonna come out with two or three more wins." It's done. It's over, guys. It's over. What are we waiting for? Yep. It's done. Another- oh, we lost you, Tyler. You're muted. Another good comparison is John Lynch and on um, Brian Pace. They both fit. They both two teams that were doing very bad. They both had high picks. Solomon Thomas, I don't think, is on the 49ers either. Nope. And so both teams um really messed up. But look how much that bounced back. The 49ers still made a, play, a Super Bowl run. Still made yeah, a Super right. Bowl run. And um, they, they they have a quarterback producing while their overall draft pick is watching. Mm-hmm. That should, like, tell you something. One of mm-hmm. the top quarterbacks watched today. They beat us with the guy who was on the bubble. That should tell you something about the the, the, 
the confidence that John Lynch has in his coach. Kyle Shanahan, zone blocking scheme, can get guys open. We didn't talk about Eli Mitchell. That was a phenomenal job yeah. underneath, yeah. underneath. He had a phenomenal – I think he had a career high today. Yeah. So what, 125 yards or something like that? Well, after, he rushed, 137. 137 yards. After 100 yeah. yards last week and was going with a shoulder injury for like three weeks. Wow, and so how, how a team is constructed to win – and, like, these wide receivers, like, you saw multiple people catching the ball at the highest point. People knew where they're supposed to be. Every time a 49ers caught the ball, there were, like, five yards of space around them. Mm-hmm. System. Yep. I picked that. I, I picked a hell of a time to become a Bulls fan, though, so I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah, you uh, said, baby. Bulls Nation, baby. Yeah. And, then, and then me and Otto are going to be – are we doing Are we doing shout-outs now? Are we done? Are we done yeah, we're going to go around the horn. You know what? Let's just uh, – let's just – Gaines, you're ready. You're raring to jump in there, so go ahead. Jump yeah, in with, yeah, your, jump no, in with your final right. thoughts. No, John, John is right. This team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way around it. <laughs> it is what yeah, it is, right? Well, the freaking Bulls are doing awesome. So we'll support, yeah. so support the Bulls franchise. Franchise, a top top three seed in the Eastern Conference, but that's what happens. We brought in the. I'm gonna do some Bulls coverage real quick, Otto. <laughs> we brought in the GM who who was used to winning and had no tolerance. We put a coach in place who has developed, who has worked with, but has worked with some of the top point guards in the league. And so Zach and Vooch held it down last year. That was a top top three um um pick and roll combo. And now you bring in what the what not. Ball brings multiple things to the Bulls, not just his vision, not just his shooting, but also the market. I can ne- next free agency is going to be awesome because players are going to be taking less money to come play with the Bulls because we're having fun now, and, and it's truly, truly fun. We lost Patrick Williams. I mean, I believe for the season, we had this dislocation in, in his wrist or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the freaking Bulls, the fact that we're talking about the Bulls in a top five seed, and we're not even playing our best basketball right now. I think Vooch is still shooting. Vooch is still um, working through some his shot being off. But those are the things you work on during the season. The fact that Ball is shooting his confidence. Zach is Zach is midseason Zach right now. And it was a tough loss. Guys, what I do want to talk about, that that was a great – I love what they did with Joakim Noah the other day. That was a really great celebration. They brought in Todd Gibson, Kurt, Kurt Thomas. That was just awesome. With Derrick Rose being the building, sorry that we lost. But I will always be a Derrick Rose fan. Once you're a bull, you are always a bull. And I love the fact what Joe Kim Noah brought to this organization from Florida. He was about grit. He was about teamwork. And even when Derrick Rose was injured, um, Joe Kim Noah always brought up Derrick Rose. And so, like, but this team that we're forming up right now is definitely playoff contending team because we have a coach who has a system. This is the system that Russell Rushbrook was born in. And so, like, things like this, I'm truly excited about um, when you when you talk about a team getting high number of steals, causing turnovers, and our three-point percentage. All these things, like, you can't check just one person. And I truly love that. And breaking news, Frequency Red Radio is coming back this season with my brothers. Hey. That, that, that is freaking happening because we, we actually live this. Like, we, my, we, we play the game. And so it's, it's truly, truly awesome when you get to see your, your your father's favorite basketball team. Like, man, just actually do well. Freaking Bears, man. Ah. <laughs> but, Go ahead, Aldo. Oh, but, sorry. You ain't scared. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wrap but, up. But the last thing, um, a special shout out. I just really want to say a special thank you to um the man, the best fantasy football commissioner, Joe Mandel. Um, he did a phenomenal job pro- producing perspective of games this, this, this last week. And there was something that meant truly a lot to me as we talked about the Mombasa Kenya Relief Initiative. Go ahead and check out the show. 
um, I'll read how the network retweeted out today, but it was it was a way that you can be a part of it. We're giving back to the um, to, to the children, the village of Mombasa, Kenya, and we're building up multiple um, classrooms. We're feeding over three thousand children. It's like over fifteen different programs, getting kids from 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 grade school all the way to college. And there's ways that you can be a part of it. So thank you for Aldo, the network, John. It was truly a pleasure. And we have some virtual fundraisers coming up soon. And so, but I appreciate all the awesome shows at the network. Bears fans, don't let it get you down because these guys don't get paid no matter what. So tomorrow, <laughs> have, a kick, have a kick butt Monday and go for gold. Aldo? I love it when you say that, that, that these guys get paid. You, you told me that your dad told you that, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> that yes, sir. was a, a wise <laughs> advice. He was a, a, a very wise man. Yeah, and I just want to say Greg Gabriel will be here tomorrow, I think around 2 o'clock, and he'll give us his expert uh, analysis of what's going on. And this will, of course, be before the trade deadline, so a lot of that conversation will be about what does he think is going on at Hallis Hall. Buy, sell, or blow it up, or whatever. I'll be uh, having some in-depth discussions with the former director of scouting for the Chicago Bears. That's just the first show that starts on Monday with our Bears coverage. So it's important for you, if you want to stay on top of everything, is to subscribe to the Barroom Network here on YouTube. And also, wherever you get your audio podcasts, subscribe to the Barroom Network, because not only will you get C-Red Radio, the Chicago Bulls show, you'll get two other great Chicago Bulls podcasts that we have. You'll get a NHL hockey podcast with the Parisi brothers and and Frankie Mueller. You'll get uh, baseball. You'll get all sorts of stuff, entertainment stuff, on movies and stuff. So uh, we'll get you covered with all of your entertainment and information needs. All you got to do is subscribe to the Barroom Network. John, it is all yours. Appreciate it, Aldo. And once again, thanks to everybody who tuned into this. I know it isn't easy sometimes, Bears fans. I know it's hard to watch that game and say, you know what? I want to hear about an hour's worth of uh, sports talk about this team. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's as difficult as it is for us to sometimes talk about it. We know sometimes it's just as hard for you guys to listen to it. So we appreciate everyone who is in the chat room, who is listening to this on uh, the podcast version, the video version, the audio version. Does not matter. Uh, guys, this team is... It's tough to watch, uh, but what's what we got to do is realize that we're all in this together. We're all going to watch this team for better or for worse. We're all going to watch this team when it eventually turns the corner. When that will be, we are not sure, but I will say that we're going to be here whenever the good times start rolling in. So like I always say, if it's whether it's your first time or your 50th time listening to this, we appreciate you. Like Aldo said, be sure to ch- catch up with all of the Barroom Network programming on Tuesday. Like uh, Aldo said earlier, Tyler and I will be on the Bear Debate going back and forth with some of the hottest issues with the Chicago Bears. Dan and Aldo, they'll be back with some much more coarse language than what you heard on here. Also, uh, Buffone 55 on Wednesday, we'll break down that Pittsburgh Steeler matchup to see if there's actually a chance that the Bears can go into Pittsburgh and steal a win on Monday night. Danny Shimon, of course, breaking down the uh, breaking down the tape on the Bear Truth. And uh, Mike North, I'm sure he'll have plenty to say on, on the Ooh, Chicago Bears yes. as well. So, <laughs> uh, like Aldo said, be sure to tune in to all the great stuff we got here on the Barroom Network. But that will wrap up this edition of Bear Football. We appreciate each and every one of you. For Aldo Gandia and Tyler Ellis, I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you.